Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. This Wednesday evening, we're going to be taking a look at Yahshua's parable of the unjust judge. And this is somewhat similar to the parable that we discussed about two weeks ago, titled, The Unjust Servant. But you will find that this is more akin to a parable that I preached at the beginning of this year, which I feel is quite fitting, because as we are now winding down this series on the parables of Yahshua, you will see that this parable, the unjust judge, is also known as the persistent widow or also the importunate widow. And it is for that reason that this particular parable is quite similar to a sermon that I preached in the wake of David Bowie's death, January 10th. 2016. And that, of course, is Jesus' parable of the importunate neighbor. And both of these parables, the importunate neighbor and the importunate widow, center around the same exact topic, being prayer. And you will notice as we read this that Yahshua preaches that we can never pray enough and actually that we are to pray without ceasing. That is, if we are to be a disciple. So the unjust judge, as an allegory, is found only within the Gospel of Luke, and only in his 18th chapter. And what I'm going to do this particular evening is read you the parable from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, making it easier to understand what it is Yahshua is preaching. Because Yahshua preaches in the least amount of words that he is able to, but brings forth such strong teachings in an allegorical sense. And oftentimes you will see that it's not so much what our Redeemer says in his parables, but what's left unsaid is more powerful. So after we read the account and the parable itself in the Revised Standard Version of the Bible... We're going to dissect it line by line from the authorized King James. So you'll be able to understand who Yahshua is talking to. Because this particular parable is different than many of the others that we've dealt with from this pulpit. In that I mean, usually, when Yahshua comes in and he gives his story, it is a moral tale. And it's straightforward. If Yahshua says there was a prodigal son and he comes to his senses and ultimately comes back, then that's what we're going to look at. But in this parable, it's a little different because the structure of the parable is a bit out of place. So we're going to read the parable, dissect the parable, and then we're going to put it in proper order so that you'll be able to understand exactly what it is that Yahshua is saying here. So without further ado, let's read the parable of the widow and the judge, as it's found in the RSV version of the Bible. Turn with me this evening to Luke chapter 18, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor regarded man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, 
vindicate me against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her, or she will wear me out by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God vindicate his elect who cry to him day and night? Question. Will he delay long over them? Another question. Yahshua says, I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The third and final question in conclusion of the parable of the unjust judge. And we should already be able to understand that, number one, this is a parable that is given in regards and to his elect. And it is also a parable on its surface pertaining to prayer and the importance of prayer. Not only prayer itself, but continual commune with Yahweh God. So, we should already be able to see that the theme of this particular parable is quite similar to the importunate neighbor. Importunate, as an old English word, means bothersome. And you can see from what we just covered that this widow was quite bothersome to this judge. And Yahshua does not make any apologies in saying that this judge is exactly what the title of this sermon is. An unjust judge. He is not righteous, and he does not fear God nor regard men. So, in order to fully understand what is being said here, I must tell you several points. Number one is this, that at the times of Yahshua, it was very rare for a woman to go into a courtroom, period. In fact, The only provision for a widow to come in is just that, that she be a widow. Because almost every single time we read about God's court, or these types of judges who are supposed to rule righteously for Yahweh God, it is a man who goes in and makes his petition. However, in this parable, Yahshua really wants to bring forth the fact that this widow is desolate, destitute, and has no man to speak for her. Therefore, she is left with no other option but to go to the courtroom and appeal to this same unjust judge day and night for vindication from her adversary. So before we dissect this in the Gospel of Luke, I want you to understand that this is the law of God. It was given all the way back in Chronicles. And while at the time of Yahshua, there were many of these types of judges meant to oversee civil cases amongst our people in the land of Judea, over time, many of them became corrupted. They did not do as Yahweh commanded them. And one of the commands in Yahweh's law always makes provision for widows. Also, under the New Testament, it is Paul and Peter and many of the latter disciples who teach us that we need to take care of widows. But what does the unjust judge do? Well, he proves himself unrighteous and unjust. So to establish what it is I'm saying to you, Turn to Second Chronicles, and we can read in the 19th chapter of Chronicles 2, a provision that Yahweh God makes. In Second Chronicles chapter 19, beginning in verse 4, And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back unto Yahweh God of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city. 
So stopping right there before we even continue, it was Jehoshaphat in our chronicle of our history, of our people, who was a righteous judge, opposite of this unjust one in Yahshua's parable. And we learn in verse 5 that Jehoshaphat set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city. And in verse 6, he said to the judges, pay close attention, take heed what ye do, for ye judge not for man, but for Yahweh, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore, now, let the fear of Yahweh be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with Yahweh our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. So, the judge's job is to rule righteously and to understand that when he renders judgment, He is rendering judgment for Yahweh God. But what does the unjust judge do? Well, we're going to get to that momentarily. But what we just learned through Jehoshaphat and this account in 2 Chronicles chapter 19 is that it is appointed by God for us to have these types of judges. And these judges are supposed to fear God and regard men. Why would that be? Well, common sense should tell you why. Because the first commandment is what? To love God. And the second commandment is to love our neighbor. But here we learn that this unjust judge neither feared God nor regarded his neighbor. Opposite of Jehoshaphat's commandment pertaining to judges. Why would Yahweh God allow these types of civil courts? The answer should be obvious. Because of widows. Because of people who do not have vindication from their specific adversary. So we have addressed several things thus far. And perhaps the most important of all of this is it is ordained of Yahweh God to have judges. And judges are supposed to impute righteous judgment. And while it is that this parable of the unjust judge is like the importunate neighbor in theme pertaining to prayer, you're going to see that Yahshua is straightforwardly teaching several things. One is the fact that this is something that can happen to us. That we can find ourselves before an unjust judge. And in this era, 2016, that truth is more apparent than ever before. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 19, we learn that Yahweh is impartial. And Jehoshaphat commands the judges that he ordained throughout the cities of Judea to also be impartial. Meaning that every judge in the land of Judea would have at least known this whether they exercised it or did not. And so here's another point I'd like to bring forth. You may not have this unless you have an Apocrypha within your Bible. But in the Apocrypha, in the book of Ecclesiasticus, this is also known as the wisdom of Syrac. We can read in the 35th chapter, beginning in verse 12, For Yahweh is a judge, and there is no partiality among him. Yahweh God is the judge, the ultimate judge, correct? And what Jehoshaphat, the king at that time, did was erect judges to rule righteous judgment after the manner of Yahweh God. Verse 12 in Sirach 35 says, Yahweh is a judge, there is no partiality with him, And he will show no partiality against the poor. But he will listen to the prayer of the man who is wronged. Where's that found? That's found in the book of Sirach, chapter 35, verses 12, and continuing on. If we continue reading, it says, He will not disregard the supplication of the orphan or the widow if she pours out her story. That is, if the widow comes in and pours out her story. 
So this particular parable of the unjust judge is less about the judge being unjust and more so about the actions of the widow being importunate and being persistent. Being quote-unquote bothersome to the judge and pouring out her story. Continuing on in Syrac chapter 35, but verse 14, Do not the widow's tears run down her cheeks while she utters her complaint against the man who has caused them to fall. Meaning, once again, as I said at the beginning of this study, for a widow to go into a courtroom, which is predominantly patriarchal, means several things. But above everything, that she is desolate and destitute, that she is broke, she has no man to speak for her, she has no offspring, no sons, no brother even. She truly is not only a widow, but an orphan. And she has nowhere else to turn but to this judge, whom Yahshua says is most assuredly unjust. So Yahweh is a judge who is utterly impartial. Impartial. And that's what we need to remember. The judge, or the unjust judge, here in Luke chapter 18, what did he do? Well, let's take a look at this now and dissect it in the King James Version of the Bible. Beginning in chapter 18, we read in verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So in order to fully understand this parable, we should begin in verse 9, where it says, He spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous, and they despised others. And then after he gives this parable of the unjust judge, he goes into one of my favorite parables. That is, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Why? Because it's about prayer. Verse 1 confirms that at the beginning of the chapter. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So, Yahshua has already given his illustration. But this is his intention with this parable. The intention is that a specific group of people, here rendered them, are being taught to always pray and to not think in prayer. Meaning, that this importunate widow, being persistent, is meant to relay that message the message pertaining to prayer, just like the importunate neighbor. Now, in the importunate neighbor, there was a neighbor who came day and night, but mostly at night, knocking on the door of his neighbor and saying, hey, help me. And then finally, the neighbor will arise and say, because this particular person is bothering me and will not go away, I'll go ahead and answer the door. We see the same analogy here, but before we really understand who this is spoken to, we must confirm who it is that he's speaking to. Remember, chapter 18 begins like this. Yahshua spake a parable unto them, to this end. Who is the them in this context? In order to find the answer for that, we must turn to the 22nd verse of the chapter before it. Chapter 17, where we learn, Jesus said unto the disciples, stopping right there, that is who this is spoken to, this teaching on prayer, his disciples, anyone who chooses to be disciplined within the teachings of Christ. And there is so much power in these parables, my friend. Even on its face, we can read them in their great moral tales. But I assure you, it truly requires a lifetime of study to unlock these parables, to understand what it is that Yahshua is talking about. For example, understanding that the field is the world, the certain man is Yahweh God, the vineyard are the people of Israel. That Yahshua does not say. That is on you to understand and to be familiar 
with the Word of God. So we can literally begin chapter 18 here in Luke as this. Yahshua spoke a parable unto His disciples that they ought to always pray and to not faint. To not lose heart is what's being said. Meaning, don't give in to doubt, fear, unbelief, or discouragement. Why would He say this? Well, chapter 17 leads directly into 18. And it is one manuscript. There is not a new pilcrow here. And the reason he must say that is because verse 22 in chapter 17 again. He said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say unto you, See here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in His day. But first, He must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So perhaps this parable is starting to take shape. Yeshua is near the end of His ministry. He is nearing the city of Jerusalem. And He knows that He must give up His ghost in order to fulfill the prophecies pertaining to Him. Therefore, at this point in Luke's Gospel, Yahshua is stepping up His teachings. And He's teaching more so hardcore. In chapter 17, He's talking about the second advent and His return. And that leads right in to the unjust judge. What? His second coming. Which is why this parable ends. When the Son of Man comes, shall He find faith on the earth. Now, Yahshua knew he was about to leave. He also knew that it would probably be over 2,000 years before his return. And therefore, what he is truly teaching is that through all of these adversarial things that are happening, persecution, death, warnings that he gives regarding his second coming, the battle of Armageddon even, which is what chapter 17 in Luke ends on, Prayer is what will get us through those things. So much so that he wonders that if he returns and when he returns, meaning at his return, will he find faith upon the earth? So what can we deduct already? That we can increase faith through prayer. And in order to have faith, we must be found praying. So, the heart of the matter truly begins in St. Luke chapter 18, but verse 2. This is where he begins his parable, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Now this is Yahshua saying that this judge does not regard men, meaning the Israelites, and does not fear God. Fearing God, according to the book of Ecclesiastes, is the whole duty of man. And in order to render righteous judgment as a judge of men, we must fear God and keep His commandments. As I've already pointed out, the first commandment is to love God. But the unjust steward did not fear God. The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. But here we are told that this judge neither regarded man. So in beginning his parable, Yahshua really wants to contrast the difference between the desolate widow being persistent and this judge being unjust. A genuine piece of garbage. And it's not only Yahshua saying this. The judge himself says this of himself. So verse 3 continues. And there was a widow in that city. And she came into him saying, Avenge me of my adversary. Avenge. In the Greek, this is ikado. It means to do me justice. And there was truly no one else on earth that could do this widow any justice. So perhaps you can see the predicament. An innocent widow who has no one to stand for her, no lawyer to arbitrate her case, going before an unjust judge 
and in a male-dominated courtroom. Daily, continually. This requires what? Faith. The woman had faith that the judge, being unjust or not, would be able to deliver her from what? Her own personal adversary. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. But pay close attention to verse 4. It's here where the judge admits to being a piece of human refuse. Verse 4. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. What is this? This is a soliloquy. And we find one very similar to this in the parable of the prodigal son. What soliloquy means is that a particular individual is speaking aloud when he is alone. In the case of the prodigal son, his soliloquy was, I should go back to my father's house while he was alone feeding pigs at a farm. Here the judge's soliloquy is an admission. An admission that he does not fear God nor regard men. Meaning, he truly is a piece of garbage because he cannot obey the first two greatest commandments. So it is here in verse 4 that the judge admits his wickedness before continuing on in verse 5. He says, Yet because, stopping right there, because, did not matter whether this judge was righteous or unrighteous. It was because of the actions of the importunate or persistent widow that causes him to turn around and render judgment. Her continual what? Petition. A polite way of saying prayer. Therefore, this allegory truly is on prayer, just as we begin. He spake this parable unto his disciples that men, or disciples, you and I, should always pray, meaning to pray without ceasing, and to not faint. In this allegory, the persistent widow did not stop bothering the judge. Because it was her right, correct? Jehoshaphat set it all up in Second Chronicles and made provisions for widows and orphans. We covered this also from the Apocrypha in the book of the Wisdom of Sirach, chapter 35. Yahweh God will acquit the widows and give them judgment. Righteous judgment, if no one else will. But, if we have appointed judges, they are to rule in place of Yahweh God. So even though this is a parable, even though this is an allegory, in judgment, where do you think this unjust judge will end up? Well, we know judgment begins at the house of Yahweh God. But what I'd like you to understand is this. These judges down here that rule according to the new world order, that rule according to men, that 98% are just like this, saying that they do not fear God and they do not regard men. While God is impartial, He is always just. But this judge, 
who was supposed to rule for God, was what? An unjust judge. So, back in verse 5 in St. Luke chapter 18, the judge has his soliloquy. He says, To himself and within himself, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So is that not interesting? The judge doesn't fear God. The judge does not regard man. But the judge most assuredly regards himself. And it's concerned with himself. So the allegory is bringing that forth. While the judge is unjust, it is because of the persistence of the widow and her request to the judge. He says, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Me, personally, I'll be put out. I'll be bothered. Therefore, I better deal with this widow or else she'll be found in the courtroom day after day crying to me, avenge me from my adversary. So, several things that should be brought forth. This word troubleth, as it is transcribed in verse 5 of Luke chapter 18, is kopos. It means a beating, a toil, suffering, pain, or weariness. In short, the judge is saying, I'm getting tired and weary of hearing this widow day after day praying and asking for what? Vindication. It is Yahweh God who will vindicate and justify each and every person. And unlike man, or most assuredly unlike an unjust judge normally, they will judge according to their own heart, their own measure, but never according to God's law, at least in this latter era that we find ourselves in. So troublous means he was literally taking a beating over this to the point of fatigue or exhaustion. So what's that say for the widow who made no apologies? Do you not think for a moment the widow was exhausted of seeking justification? Vindication? Of course she was. Who was the better person in this allegory? Let's keep reading. And perhaps you'll be able to understand this. We're being taught that by the widow's perpetual coming, she harassed and or pestered the judge beyond even the point where he could endure it. Meaning that he was brought to a point where he had to decide, if I don't deal with this woman's petition, I'm going to have to deal with this woman every single day in my courtroom. Therefore, it's better to deal with her now. And that's brought forth, he says, in his soliloquy, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Weary, in the Greek, is euposia. It means to hit under the eye. Literally, to blacken his eye. So we could say, proverbially, this judge was taking quite a beating. So, verse 6 confirms, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Hear what he says. Now here, unjust in the Greek is akasia. It means a wrongdoing, an injustice, unrighteousness. Truly, what the title of the parable is. Unlike God who is just and always judges justly, this judge was unjust. And he was taking a beating at the hands of a woman. In a patriarchal society, in a patriarchal courtroom, you could probably imagine the embarrassment that this particular judge was feeling. The predicament that he found himself within. Therefore, in his soliloquy, he says, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. He was more concerned with himself being wearied than he was with the righteousness of this widow. That she was being harassed, that she had an adversary, that she had no money, that she had nowhere else to turn. But that's not the point of the allegory. 
Remember that Yahweh God will cause it to rain upon the just and the unjust. Upon the righteous and the unrighteous. Meaning that while it is Yahweh God appoints every ruler of man, oftentimes Yahweh God can fulfill His will through an unjust judge, through a wicked person like Judas, or through an evil Kenite, as we read about in the Old Testament. But perhaps that's a study for another day. The judge was only concerned about her continual coming and being wearied. And that he felt like he was being harassed. So, in his soliloquy, he says, you know what? I'm going to avenge her. He reasons within himself, and he speaks to himself. Therefore, in verse 6, Christ says, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Did you hear what he said? Yahweh God is impartial. He's not a respecter of persons. But he most assuredly is just. Therefore, the statements of this unjust judge is what we should pay close attention. And the statement is, lest by her continual coming she weary me. In context to what? Verse 1. Prayer. That is what's being brought forth. If you want your petition to be heard, if you want your prayer to be answered, then you must continually weary quote-unquote, Yahweh God. Pray without ceasing is the main theme. Christ says, hear what the unjust judge saith. Not don't listen to him because he's wicked. He's a piece of human garbage. He's saying, hear the sentiment, the soliloquy of the judge. What is he speaking? How is he reasoning? How is he reasoning? Now what would have happened if the widow went in one time said, avenge me from my adversary, the judge did not, and she never returned, she would have never found justice. And so it stands in our prayer life. If we pray one time, well, that's one thing. But if we pray without ceasing continually to Yahweh God, ultimately He will answer, will He not? So God says in flesh form, hear what the unjust judge says. And then provides His answer to this allegory. He says, And shall not God avenge His own elect, which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? Do you see the similarities? God is much like this judge, and God has the same exact reasoning. Long-suffering being the key. And that's why I set it up at the very beginning, so you understand Yahshua was about to leave His disciples. Yeshua also understood that he would be gone for quite a long time. Therefore, he wonders, when he returns, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith upon the earth? How can we increase faith? The answer is provided through prayer. So Christ reasons and says, Shall not Yahweh avenge his own elect? This in the Greek is electos. It means the picked out and the chosen. Different than being called, but actually being chosen. If we as the elect, the Zadok, the electos, or the elect, pray continually, we cannot weary Yahweh God. But what Christ is saying is that that is what it will take in the end times. And that is where we should be right now. If we believe Yahshua is returning, the question is, will He find faith upon the earth? Well, if Christ were to come today as opposed to 1950, I assure you He'll find much less faith upon the earth now. But that's not the point of the parable, is it? The point of the parable is given in verse 7. God will avenge His own elect. And only if they cry day and night unto Him. So, He will bear long thousand years, two thousand, maybe even three, should the Lord tarry. But faith being the key, the perseverance of the saints, praying always, non-stop, to overcome. So, the final verse in the parable of the unjust judge is that, I tell you, Yahshua says, therefore, because of all of this that we've dealt with in these seven verses before, 
I tell you that He, Yahweh God, will avenge them speedily. And then, gives this very powerful question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith upon the earth? Meaning, Yeshua is teaching on end time faith and prayer. And what we should be doing preceding His second coming. He's also saying by not saying that there will be less faith at the return of Yahshua. Which is a key. Because if we understand that many will mock us, many will fall away from the faith, and that even Yahweh God had to cut short the days of tribulation for the elect's sake, then we can safely and educatedly make a guess that we are living in the end times. The end times where there is no faith, there is no public prayer, and most judges of men are just like this. Unjust. So, understand that the word respect, as we've dealt with it this Wednesday evening, is used in verse 2 and several other places. Where we learn that there was in a city a judge which feared not God, being the whole duty of men, but neither regarded men nor respected men. This word in the Greek is entropomai, and it means no shame. The unjust judge had no shame whatsoever. He could not be shamed, and there could be no shame brought to him. Nonetheless, while the judge did not care about being shamed or ashamed about anything, because the widow was importunate, because the widow was persistent, and because he was worried about her continual badgering, he justifies her. He rules righteous judgment. So, I've already pointed out that women never went to court unless they truly were desolate and destitute. And that's what this woman was. Luke, as an author, wrote about widows more than any other apostle. Because if we take his book of Acts in addition to his gospel, he references widows more than anyone else. What's this prove? This proves that in the early church, widows were very important. And just like in the Old Testament law, under the New Covenant, provisions were made that we were to visit the widows and we were to make sure that they and the orphans are taken care of. And this is nothing new. In fact, I'm going to prove this. If you turn with me over to Exodus chapter 22. This is the very law itself, my friend. In Exodus chapter 22 and verse 22. Quote, Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. End quote. That's the law of God. Do not afflict a widow. The unjust judge was by extension, but most assuredly, her adversary was. Therefore, she was not wrong in asking for judgment and to be delivered. And so we will not be wrong if we pray to Yahweh God and ask for deliverance from our enemies, right? We will not wear Him out. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 24. This is the layman's version of the law. Leviticus is for the Levitical priest, but Deuteronomy... It's for each and every one of us. And so, in Deuteronomy chapter 24, there are laws of divorce. Laws on taking pledges. Laws against oppression. Therefore, we read, beginning in verse 17, Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of a stranger, nor of the fatherless, nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. But thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and Yahweh thy God redeemed thee then. Therefore, I command you, who? The Israelite men, women, and children, to do this thing. What thing? To be kind to widows. To make sure that widows are taken care of. Why? Because they're widows. They don't have men to come and speak for them. They don't have any children. So we also are desolate. We can make our petitions before an unjust judge. But before everything, we should pray to Yahweh God that His will be done. Turn with me one final place in establishing this fact. To the book of Isaiah, the major prophet. 
And in Isaiah, the very first chapter, we read in verse 16, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Verse 18 in Isaiah chapter 1. Come now and let us reason together, saith Yahweh. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. White as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. Once again, we see that white and ruddy, meaning red, are interlocked within Scripture. And we see that the book of the prophet Isaiah in the very first chapter begins on this note that we need to do well, seek judgment, and relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, and plead for the widow. So here in the parable of the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18, who pleaded the widow's case? The widow herself. So understand that the widow, being persistent, was right in what she was doing. The judge, however, was not. Because he did not regard men and did not fear Yahweh God. And even though the judge's judgment would have been pertaining to himself, look at how Yahweh God moved that and turned that towards good. The judge was only concerned, being self-absorbed and concerned with his own weariness. He wanted to get rid of the woman. So he says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and judge and get her out of my courtroom. Then it'll be business as usual. So therefore, a few more points I'd like to bring forth here in Luke. Turn with me to the 21st chapter of Luke. And we're going to read in verse 36. Yahshua says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Christ says to pray for strength to escape. Therefore, it should shed more light on this parable of the unjust judge. He says right here, watch therefore, number one, and pray always, which is the integral theme of this parable. Why? Well, we just discussed that. Luke chapter 21, verse 36, pray for strength to escape. Remember, my friends, that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, and also Luke chapter 11, verse 2, in the Lord's Prayer, we are told, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Where's that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And it's reiterated in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, verse 2. We as the disciples are to pray for God's kingdom to come. Why? That denotes His justice. That denotes deliverance from an unjust judge. That denotes the second coming of Yahshua. The second coming. Remember, Yahshua wonders that at His return, Will he find faith upon the earth? The answer should be obvious. He will find faith, but it will only be within the elect. Christianity is not going to be a governmental religion. It's not going to be the religion of the masses at the return of the Son of Man. And so today, I read to you the parable of the unjust judge from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible. I also took you to the book of Ecclesiasticus, also known as the Wisdom of Syrac. We looked at the 35th chapter, and we proved that God is impartial, but He does regard His elect. He does hear their supplication, that is, if they have faith at His return, and if they pray without ceasing. And more importantly, perhaps, just as we are told by Jesus Christ in His Lord's Prayer, they are praying, Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth as it is 
in heaven. So what did we learn this Wednesday evening? That men ought to pray always without ceasing. And we were given an allegory proving how this works. Even down here as we walk within the flesh. Oftentimes if we are persistent, if we are authoritative in what it is we are seeking out to do, well, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And God can turn that to good. But key being persistence. Key being importunate. Do not be afraid and do not think that you will worry your heavenly Father or weary Him through much prayer. He wants to justify and vindicate His elect. But He cannot if we do not pray to Him continually and nightly. And so, if this ministry has helped you, this is Pastor Visser reminding you that you can always send offerings. The address will be given here momentarily. I would like to thank the few men, women, and families that have supported this ministry over the years. Truly, we are listener-funded. I cannot express that enough. If you desire future sermons, and most assuredly more sermons from this pulpit, then do not hesitate to support this ministry. And with that, I'll bid you farewell. Until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church and Outreach, wishing you and your entire family great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website, or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages, and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.